I woke in such a good mood this morning. There was a dress floating about in my head, almost ready, almost there. Cream silk, the skirt trimmed with tears and tears of rough cream lace, and the bodice tuckered but unadorned except for a single rose. When I went to sleep, I wasn't sure about the colour of the rose, but when I woke, I knew it had to be cream also. A self-coloured rose, a little passé, almost blousy. Dresses come to you like songs come to Schubert, Frau Susanna, a customer said to me once, and I was so pleased, idiot that I was, that I undercharged her quite badly for the evening cape I was fitting. But it wasn't just the dress that made me happy. Even before I opened the shutters, I knew that the bitter wind from the east had dropped at last, and spring had come. I got out of bed and caught sight of my reflection in the mirror above the chest of drawers, and it was all right still. Even in the strong light of early morning, it was all right. I'm thirty-six, but I could have worn it, the rich cream dress with the bell sleeves cut on the cross and the silken rose. It wasn't for me, of course, it was for the shop, but I could have carried it off. From what strange ingredients you have fashioned your beauty, someone said to me once. A mouth too large, a forehead too broad, the cheekbones of a bohemian peasant. Still, one must concede the eyes and the hair. Yes, certainly one must concede the hair. Actually, it was not someone who said this. It was Field Marshal Gernot von Lindenberg, and he is not someone. For a moment I saw in the mirror what he had seen, this fierce and aging man holding my face between his hands. Then I blinked and was confronted by a woman with fair hair and blue eyes, entirely ordinary, no longer young. I live above my shop in a small square in the inner city. The bells of St. Stephen's Cathedral ring the hours for me, and it's only twelve minutes' walk to the opera. All distances in Vienna are measured from the opera. Yet it's so quiet and contained one could be in the country. My bedroom and the bathroom I insisted on putting in, to the amusement of the workmen, face the courtyard at the back, where I have planted what is possibly the smallest pear tree in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, but my sitting-room and kitchen, and the salon of the shop, of course, look out on Medensky Square. And I was right about the spring. Leaning out of the window, still in my kimono, waiting for the water to boil for my coffee, I could see the water sparkling in the fountain, see the sunlight glint on the brass head of Colonel Medensky, somewhat beset by pigeons. The air was warm, and the smells that in the winter only come fleetingly from shops and doorways drifted voluptuously upwards. Fresh bread, vanilla, saddle soap. From the moment I saw the square, I knew that this was where I wanted to live and have my shop. We have everything, you see. A fountain, a statue, a cafe, even our own small church. 
True, the fountain in the centre has only one tier, and no one on it could actually be said to writhe. When I first came here, eight years ago, I rather wished for stone heroes with rippling pectorals, or goddesses with cornucopias and serpents in their hair. But our fountain just has Saint Florian, the patron saint of fires and of fire engines, a gentle person holding a stone bucket with which to extinguish any flames that come his way. The church, whose little graveyard turns the west side of the square into a garden, is consecrated to him. It's like a country church, our St. Florian's, white painted with an onion dome.